elk hunting tips and tactics for different hunting styles and different terrain, getting started as a new archer, some next level archery tips and more with Yosti Perkins killer, Logan Olson, and eventually Clay Sewell joins the podcast. Quick disclaimer, there's laughing, cussing, and crude humor. You are listening to the Archery Maniacs Podcast. Podcast. This is Remy Warren. I am Rihanna Carey. My name is Adam Foss. This is Paul Tedford, professional archer. Hey everyone, I'm Christy Titus, and you are listening to Archery Maniacs. We cover everything archery, from the hunting side to the tournament side, with stories, tips and tactics, gear reviews, and more. That, that helped my tuning game so much when I made sure that all my arrows were square. And I'm staring into his eyes, blood's dripping off of its tines, mud is everywhere. The clarity these mavens offer is amazing. I'm just like Spider-Man, you know, on this rock, you know, just <laughs> laying there. Belly crawling in there and I can barely fit in there and I can hear the cat growling at me. So I put my hand on his shoulder and pushed him and we just ran at this elephant. Battle Mountain Media Updates. Check out the brand new website at battlemountainmedia.com. Battle Mountain Podcast launches Wednesday, July 1st and covers everything outdoors except archery. All archery topics will remain here on the Archery Maniacs Podcast. If you are interested in hunting videos, gear reviews, kill shot compilation, how-to videos, and more, Battle Mountain Media YouTube channel has weekly uploads with those topics. Now, let's get into the show. So, it is now recording. All right, everyone, we are at, um, where are we? Western Hunt Expo. It's not SHOT Show. I almost said SHOT Show 2020, but it is Western Hunt Expo 2020. We're at the draw booth, and I have uh, Yosti and Logan here going to do a podcast, and who knows where this podcast is going to go. True to my podcast, we're going to talk about whatever the hell we want to talk about. And um, But the draw is... They're a company that help with tag application process, strategy, and everything in between. Uh, Jordan Christensen is one of, honestly, the most knowledgeable people I've ever talked with when it comes to where to apply, when to apply, and everything like that. It's just He's just super, super helpful. And uh, he'll actually be on the podcast at some point tomorrow after five or six of them. I don't even know. He's on there somewhere tomorrow. So you guys have to tune into that one. But... We are going to talk about bows and elk and scoring antelope. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Yeah, we were just informed that when you score an antelope, you have to also add measurement number six, and that's the scrotal length. Um, circumference. 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 Yeah. Not length. But it's all about the girth. It's all about the girth. So anyways, yes, I have, I have Yosti and Logan. I'm going to let them introduce themselves, not each other, because we decided that would be a little awkward. So go ahead, guys. Why don't you introduce yourselves? Yosti first. <laughs> I'm Yosti Perkins Killer. I reside out of uh, southeastern Montana. And archery is literally what keeps my heart beating. Logan Olson, also from uh, southeast Montana. Yosti actually got me into bow hunting about five years ago, and uh, it's becoming a very big part of my life as well. That's cool, man. That's, that's interesting. Honestly, just that, because I, I never had anyone in my family that bow hunted. So I remember when I was little growing up, you know, I found out that 4-H had archery. 
And so I got my parents talked to me. We didn't have a lot of money growing up. <clears throat> so going 45 minutes one way to archery practice and then 45 minutes back once a week was like, that was a lot. Out of the question just about it. You know, yeah. and, and they still made it work. And now it's, you know, one of my biggest passions. Like, it's kind of cool that, that you were able to pass that to him. So, so what's kind of been your learning curve? I mean, it, at least you have somebody that knows what he's talking about. I was going to make some asshole joke, but he truly does. He knows a lot about bows. I guess well. I don't know what the <laughs> hell I'm talking about. I just guess really good. <laughs> the, uh, I guess the biggest benefit about learning from somebody like Yasti is uh, just a wealth of knowledge. I mean, there's, there's, you know, starting from day one, learning the fundamentals of bow hunting, learning what to do, what not to do when it comes to shooting. I, you know, there's, there's several benefits. And uh, I, I guess that being the biggest one, learning how to do it correctly from the get go. <laughs> I am, I'm, I'm doing a, uh, an Instagram video and Yossi had to try and make it gangster. Oh man, gangster. I threw the piece. I was trying to show love, peace and happiness and I became gangster. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, oh, man. no, I, I actually first started learning from Yossi when I was reading certain articles in Eastman's. Okay. Honestly, that's, that's where I, I don't, and I don't remember what he was writing about, <clears throat> but it was, it was something that had to do with actually tuning bows and whatnot. Don't make some smart ass joke. I see, I see the wheels turning over there. It's like, he like glazes over like, oh, here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> oh God. I'm not going to lie. Wheels returning. I could tell. <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, I remember reading it and, and I was thinking, man, this guy knows what the hell he's talking about. So I literally tore the pages out and stuck them in a folder. And whenever I was doing that step on my bow, I would actually read it again and again until I actually kind of got it, you know? And that was, that was kind of my first introduction to Yosti. And then I had him on the podcast a couple of times and, and this is the first time we met in person, but I, I've typed him basically novels. I call it typing a novel because my wife will text her friends and it's not just like a, Hey, how it's going. You know, it's like, 14 sentences later it all just says hey how's it going but it's it's like 14 sentences and i'm like it's speaking a novel honey stop you know and that's when i ask him a question about bows that's how it is and yeah. he's probably like son of a bitch he's <laughs> typing again you, you know how you go to read a message and you see the person's writing and you see that little those little three dots on the messenger thing mm. you know writing and writing and I come back about a minute later yeah, and the cool. writing is still going. <laughs> Those were the questions, but they were, they were really good questions. They were never, the good thing is, is the questions from Zach were always questions that were important questions, questions that could literally step the game up. He, he never had questions that were like, how would you say, like questions that really didn't have a true answer to them. A lot of people ask me questions. If I do this with my setup, will it give me this? Will I get, 18 feet more per second. If I lengthen my draw length by three inches, hold on a second. You can't lengthen your draw length by three inches. <laughs> well, you can. You can. <laughs> but other shit might but happen. Shit is about to hit the fan if you do. You know what I mean? Like, I'm looking for speed, or you know, it was never really dumb questions like that. It was always good questions. I mean, how to get the best tune out of the bow every time? You know, it was always something about stepping up his game. So. 
it, it made me want to keep answering questions. Not not that I know everything. I, I know very little, but whatever I do know, shut up. I'm always willing to answer. <laughs> I, like, I appreciate you being humble. I really do. But like we could sit here and list off his resume, right? I mean, honestly, sure. like the stuff that he's done, the animals that he's hunted, everything like that. But at the end of the day, it's not it's not like you can just Google, you know, what's what's the most efficient way to till or tune? And they're like, you, you put that in a Google and they're like, this starts showing up rototillers and all sorts of shit. And you know, you know, and seriously, so it's, so it's kind of, it's, it's hard to ask. I, and not even, not even maybe high level question, but maybe technical questions is maybe the right way to put that is without somebody, you know, like talking to you that's already been through it. And what did you have to do to learn it? You had to figure it out. <laughs> I went. I literally went through school hard knocks. It was later on in life when I actually had people grab me by the hand and go, hey, man, this can help you a little bit. It was from the time I was 13 when I bought my first bow till I was about 19 years old when I started shooting, you know, tournaments and everything else, not realizing that it could be easier to hit the dot. <laughs> like, seriously, like that, that wasn't even a, that was serious as a heart attack. Like, I would focus so well on the dot and I didn't know that my bow out of tune or my stabilizer way heavier in the front or way heavier in the back like I didn't understand how critical those steps could be to helping me and hold a little hold a little easier you know making a making a bow set up to where it wasn't hard to shoot I didn't have to shoot a machine feeling shot I could just you know use my body naturally to break a shot and not worry about the, where the pin was as much. But I, this good good example, I've learned not to ever aim. Right. But to focus. Just focus on that you're trying, you're going to, not you're trying to hit, you're going to hit. Mm -hmm. Versus literally having a setup that would fight me just to hold the pin in the dot. Right. You know, and th those, it was those little, little steps, those little tips that helped me from Guys like Charlie Owens, he's an IBO world champion guy. Guy's phenomenal shooter. Uh, Olympic coach Tim Strickland. That after I started winning, and fell apart, I literally fell apart. Like I won a big tournament, and didn't realize that I even won it. That's no word of lie. I didn't even know I won it. A guy that walked up to me, he's a famous shooter, walked up to me and goes. Are you Yazi? I didn't even say my name right. I'm like, are you Yardstick? Are you Yazi? Whatever your name is. Yeah. And he goes, I'm, I'm just going to stand here and watch shoot. And I didn't Yardstick. realize. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, you know, it's the truth of the story. But if somebody that, really that, called you Yardstick? Dude, he called me Yardstick, Yahtzee, Johan, you, you know. Anyways. It's the truth of the story that. That actually makes the story genuine. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I'm saying I just couldn't hold it I'm together. I'm telling you, man. This is the yardstick. I didn't know comment. that I was four up on the leader. <clears throat> this is my first time at a, at a tournament. I was four up on the leader. And the guy did me the best favor he could ever that he never told me. If he would have told me, I would have fell apart. Right. And not won the tournament. Right. So he did me a big favor. And once I won the tournament, all of a sudden pressure hit because I had people coming and asking, hey, you want to shoot this? You want to shoot? You won. And all of a sudden I felt obligated to win the next one. And I literally fell apart. Like I fought a year of 
never winning again. And then I went, I had to take another year to relearn how to shoot. I literally had to learn how to shoot all over again. My, my high shoulder, my plucking the string, you know, dumping the release. That wasn't going to work anymore. I was actually getting paid to shoot now. So yeah. it just put so much more pressure on me. And I'm thankful to the people I had that gave me the time, that little bit of time to set me in the right direction. And now you talk about people that come to you. Now, you, you know, you're in the coaching position and everything else. You come to a position where you love it when guys like Logan came. Logan had no bad habits. Right, right. Nothing. He was the perfect <clears throat> clean person. Clean slate. Yeah, it was a clean slate. He yeah. had nothing that I had to work on. I told him, hey, man, do this, do this, do this. And all of a sudden, he's shooting better than I am into the dot. I'm like, fuck. He's better than I am. Already. No, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> so, you know, those little things that you learn. It's a, life is a learning process. Archery is a learning process. Right when you think you know everything is when you start failing. You know, that's fact of life. Yeah. Well, and I, I think too, I think a good point to what you just said about how when you won that, all this pressure came. And I, I don't think that social media and stuff like that has helped that at all, right? Because you think about it, you start seeing people like Yasti or, or like Ryan Lampers or Brian Barney, these people that are super successful. And chances are they've been doing it a lot longer than you, in all honesty, right? And... You look at them and you start thinking, well, they do it, so I should shoot something every year with my bow. God, they must kill some every time they go out. I mean, but, but really, <laughs> I know you. you laugh, I, know. I am the biggest failure in the woods, dude. It's like <laughs> that last arrow that you really think has no chance all of a sudden hits and you're like, oh my God, thank God. It's done with. I'm over with you. But it's just like, that's, I think that's, like you say, that's obviously not how it goes, but social media makes it look that way. And then it gets to the point where people start watching you. And as you're going out there, it's almost like I have to prove I'm a good hunter by killing something. And, and I, I, have, I know some people that have killed a lot of animals with a bow. And I've seen them go through that as their camera guy. And getting to know them really well, I've seen them go through that where they don't even want to go hunt anymore. Because it's like... I, I just, I, I got to go out there. I got to prove something. And I'm like, bullshit. Like, just go out there and hunt and have fun again. And everything else comes. You know, it's just crazy. I've, I've been through exactly what you're talking about. Literally, yeah. when when you're work, when there's, especially me, I'm 40 years old. I'll be 40, year old, 40 years old this year. And you have. When's your birthday? August 17th. August 17th. Yeah. Cool. I'll, you have kids chomping at the bit to take your spot at any moment that ha that are shooting every day, that still live at home with their mom and dad, that don't have bills and everything else. And they have opportunity to shoot and they're, it's not hard for them to really take that place. Right. Because, you know, all they got to do is start performing. And the hardest thing I think that people don't realize, this is coming to shot, this is coming to understanding why some people are more successful than others in the woods. Sure, I get pumped up. Sure, I start shaking. I start shaking like a crackhead under oath sometimes. But, you know, it, it's the God's honest truth, man. But what, what is that getting, why am I getting nervous? It's not gonna help me right. in the shot. What I do know is if I stop fighting my excitement, 
start accepting it. I can start working with it, not not trying to fight through it. Right. That's the hard. That's the thing that I try to get across <clears throat> to people. Don't fight it. Accept that you're excited. Yeah. Be happy that you're excited. That's why you're out there. You're hunting because it excites you. Right. Accept the excitement. And people just can't fathom that. They can't let go. I have to control my pin. I have to. I better draw at the right time. I only have this one. No, you don't only have that one chance. Relax. This is easy. Right. You've done this a million times at home. Just chill out. Accept the, accept the nerves. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what's really helped me to keep going on. Right. Honestly. Right. So, so that would be a good time. So, Logan, how, have you shot a couple animals with bows? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Last year, I got my first elk. That's uh, so cool. Yeah, I've got my first elk. Was with Yosti. Got my right. first deer with Yosti, I guess, a year after we started shooting. That's cool, though. Yeah. So, with that, I mean, I don't remember. I, I was talking with uh, Jana Waller, and we were talking about the time frame between somebody picks up a bow and they decide to hunt to killing an animal. She said something like the average is seven years, which I would believe it, honestly. You know, if people don't have someone help them and guide them, it takes a while, you know? So, with that, you know, with what he was just discussing, when you shot your first elk, what was kind of going through your head? Were you thinking, son of a bitch, I got to make a great shot? Or were you just like, do my thing? You know, I mean, we had, I don't know, we, we had been on elk several times that bow season. Right, um, right. <clears throat> the nerves, the nerves really didn't get to me. It, uh, you know, well, you I, have, I mean, I've been, I've been hunting elk my entire life. You have never a different personality it. than other people, though. You have never very, done it. He has a very confident personality. Right. Which helps him. Like that's the God's honest truth. Running He's got through, nerves just, still, I can tell. Just running through the motions. I mean, running through the motions, range it, make sure you're on the pins, you know, fundamentals, going back to the fundamentals, doing the basics. Um, Yossi is terrible to shoot with. He's terrible. He, he's a terrible teacher. He is on you about everything. So that is constantly <laughs> running through my mind. You know, I, I, I was I just, thinking like he was pulling your pants down while you're shooting. No, or, no, 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 just <laughs> not in a sick is, way. But I mean, like, because I've seen the funny videos, you know, where like Tim Gillingham standing there, somebody comes over and unbuckles his uh, his quiver and you know, just to bug them. That's what I was getting at. Not sick. Don't be sick. Come don't on. Don't be sick now. Don't be sick now. <laughs> Anyways, Logan, you just go ahead and finish. My bad. So. <laughs> Uh, it, it, the nerves really didn't get to me. Like I said, it's just running through. I mean, it was kind of like Yossi said, don't let your nerves get to you. Right. It was, uh, just running through the motions, doing the, doing the right steps, not getting ahead, not getting ahead of yourself. Um, yeah, that was, did you, did you start archery because of him? I did. Yes. Gotcha. Yep. Cool. And so was it, was it because he talked you into it? <clears throat> not, and I again, don't mean that in negative or, or have you always kind of been like, oh, I think that'd be kind of cool to do. You know, I, I had shot a few bows before in my life. Um, it was fun. You know, I, I never went out and spent the money on one, never went out and purchased one. When I met Yost, he was standing outside in his yard. I, I believe he is shooting like 120 yards with his bow. And uh, yeah, after meeting him, see, seeing what you could do with a bow, see, seeing the accuracy, you know, I, I do a, a lot of reloading, do all my own re reloading for rifle shooting. I'm, I'm very particular about stuff. And right. Being able to relate that you can do that in the archery world as well. I mean, you can do the same thing with your arrows and do the same, you know, same thing with your bow you, down to, you know, what weighing your arrows down to the, to the grain, down to the 10th of a grain. Yeah. And, right. uh, so I guess learning that you could, that you could fine tune it and you could really, you could really personalize it is right. what got me going on it. 
And that's 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 one of my favorite parts is so this last year I tested three different arrow spines, three different or not arrow spines, three different arrow shafts, two different arrow spines in each shaft, eight separate fletchings and three different broadheads. It was fun. It is. It really is. I enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, and at the end of that, you find out something that for whatever reason ends up working best for you. But in my opinion, the confidence in what you've just found out is so much higher. Just like when you're reloading your rifles, right? Because, I mean, yeah, you can go buy shit off the, off the shelf and you're like, yeah, they should be close. But when you're measuring in the powder and the measurement is exactly the same every single time the bullets are seated the exact same way every single time, you're just like, these are good. These, yeah. these are golden, right? Well, it's, I mean, it's tailored <clears throat> to what you're shooting. It's tailored to your rifle. Your arrows are tailored to your bow. I right. mean, it's 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 a science. And it, it really getting, getting the formula, well said. Getting the formula yeah. figured out is is a blast. Just like you guys said. I mean, right. I, I I love doing it. I love the challenge. It's if only there was a way we could do all that with it not costing as much. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's that. You know, I mean, that would be if. If any company out there wants to start donating stuff for us three to test, <clears throat> let Yosti know. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, um, I tell you, the, that's, that's another thing that a lot of people miss out on. Like, And this is something that I'm happy that this pot, reason why this podcast is going, to get out, to get things out to people. How important it is to tailor your your setup to you you have say you bought you get your bow right and you well have it's your, already better than yours it's left-handed oh man you see where that went that, that, see shooting blows already okay i got this I, all right I'll, give me a minute i'll come back on you um so you got guys that i just wrote something on this on instagram you got guys that will go and buy a bow and they'll set it at 27 inches or 20 or 30 inches right where they feel their draw link is about. To me, there's nothing about there. I don't want close to, I want exact. My draw length falls in that ugly area. I have a short draw length, I have T-Rex arms. It is what it is. My draw length falls between- I think your arms fit your body. Thank you. Thank you. I'll take that. I'll take a compliment. You're um, short. Of course thank, you Even better. I appreciate that. Thanks well, for So I'm you got the compliment too, and then you so get the low like, blow right after. So it kind of, kind of levels everything levels out. It levels everything out. Um, well, that's like saying, I, I'm only 5'6", but I don't know why I have a short draw length. It doesn't make point. any sense. Good point. So where I'm going with it is I'm stuck. I'm, I have, my draw length is stuck right between 27 and 27 and a half. I'm at 26 and a I'm 27 and a quarter and people go, well, what do you mean a quarter? Just pick one or the other. No, no, you don't just pick one or the other. You have to go with what fits you exactly. What arrow works optimal out of your setup. Exactly what you talked about. You talked about going through eight different fletching setups to find out what worked best for you. It's those, it's that amount of time that makes that split second in the field that's where you make or break it. Right. You know what I mean? And people don't don't give it that little bit of extra time. That extra half hour, one hour that you're taking, oh man, I'm not shooting right now. I want to shoot instead. 
give it a second. Find out where you feel great, not where you feel good in your setup. And you'll get greatness out of it. <clears throat> but two, I, I think that's that's honestly almost a little bit harder to do than just maybe testing a different arrow shaft. Right? Because I would venture to guess that an average bow shop, if you go in there and you say, I think my draw length is, is 27 and a quarter, they would go, no, your bow doesn't be set like that. It can only be on half inch increments. Find a different set, find a different shop. But you know what I mean? I mean, honestly. If, you, if, if you're willing to, uh, what's that word I'm looking for? If you're willing to help that shop by paying that $1,500, $2,000 to help keep their doors open, I'm, I'm hoping that they give you the opportunity of giving you that little bit of extra time. Sure, they don't have all the time in the world. They have to keep their doors open as well. I understand that. But they should help you with that little bit of a relationship that you do need. That little bit of extra time to help you. I'm not, what I guess what I'm getting at is I'm not sure that all of them know how. That's a good point. You know, on a, on a serious thing, because it's not like, it's not like you walk in there and you say, hey, I need a shorter arrow. Okay, cool. Zip, you cut it off shorter. You know, that there's, there's more that goes into adjusting your draw length to a quarter inch than simply cutting an arrow shorter or trying gluing on a different fletching or, you know, it's, it's just a little bit of a different process, right? It is. I mean, it's not rocket science though to put in two or three twists into a string. Right, right. It really isn't. It's the same amount of time that you would take to measure that arrow half an inch down. You could literally put that bow in a press and put some twists into the string to get get your feel you know and if if not the good thing is there's a company called last chance archery they make some of the best presses in the world yeah they're making economic presses right now they're not breaking the bank yeah you can literally start working on your own stuff at home especially where we live out in the west i mean my nearest archery shop is an hour and a half away same it's well so nearest good archery shop you know right. the one in my hometown the people are such assholes nobody wants to like seriously it's that bad nobody wants to go there it's like they like to hit on my wife when i'm in there but they ignore me wow wow <laughs> like, wow yeah it seriously Holy drives geez. me nuts <laughs> yeah I, I tell you man if you find an archery shop that is caring you found a good shop like not just fling you out the door with a couple arrows with a 300 spined arrow and a 50 pound bow that'll work you know like, better than being underspined oh better than being <laughs> underspined and you know they that's the biggest thing man find a shop that really cares for you so why don't you why don't you walk through so walk through just a little bit about how you do that right because are you setting your draw stops and your cable stop whatever to say 27 and a half and then tightening your your string down to get to the 27 and a quarter or are you doing the opposite so great question i'll <clears throat> i'll do both honestly i'll go to my 27 and a half stops and twist up and then i assume you test find, it on a drawboard correct i test it on a drawboard as well as myself right i want to feel what's right and you know i try to find out exactly <laughs> <laughs> These guys are just like screwing. We're, we're getting messed with right now, guys. Um, 
that's literally I'll do that. I'll go to both stops and find where the bow likes to be more than others. Like where, where you find out where your bow is. When I talk about where your bow likes to feel better, where your bow is feeling better is where you're still getting an optimal arrow. Where right. you're not having to tune so much left or right. Like through paper. Right, through Optimal paper. Arrow. There we go. If you're if you're at 27 inches and you let twist out of your cables and you let twist out of your string, which I, I really don't like doing. I don't like letting out of my, I don't like letting twist out. I'd rather put a twist into my string than take twist out of my string. Right. Um, because that those strings are made under twist already. And if you take twist out of that string, you're losing its optimal, in my opinion. Um but, but that's not that's that, every time I've heard somebody talk about adjusting cables and strength, they always talk about putting twists in. Right, and the reason is you're literally you, your your string is twisted right before it's served, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you take twists out of it, you're helping that serving to pull apart. That's what that's about. But if you're tightening on it, you're helping to keep them secured. Right. So it makes sense. Yep. I, even though the case, I still will go both ways on the mods just to find out what tunes easiest like same thing what i do with arrows i won't i'll shoot a 300 grain a 300 spine arrow i'll shoot a 340 spine arrow and i'll find out which one is easier to tune which one what my bow likes a little more out of it this year i'm last year i was shooting a 300 spine arrow this year i'm shooting a 340 spine arrow just because my bow likes it a little more you know different right. bows like different things right and it's interesting too because i mean you you think like you know you buy a hoyt i buy a hoyt well i would never buy a hoyt but let's just say we all buy a hoyt you, you can't <laughs> you can't bro is it is it because you can't handle a hoyt that may be it no no well, i don't know not, i don't know not. man hoyt's hoyt's only for the top dogs man i think it's hoyt's only for the people that are dumb enough to spend that amount of money on a bow well, well <laughs> you get what you pay for I'm you get joking. what you pay for no i'm joking yeah. honestly i filmed a guy this year being left-handed but i filmed him in wyoming and they're non-residents of wyoming and obviously i had a bear tag and he's like here try shooting this bow right-handed if we see a bear you can shoot it and yeah it shot it honestly shot pretty great i i really did like it but what i'm getting at is What's interesting is if all three of us bought the exact same Hoyt, none of them would be would, would tune the same. None of them would tune the same. <laughs> Which is crazy. I've only in in my life I always get a few bows, and in my life I've only had like two two or three different setups that had <laughs> He's that shot really really great together, like matched almost exactly the same. Right. You don't. It, it's just it's the love that you give that. But I mean. I hate to say it like that, but like you say, that every man is different. Every anchor point is different. You know, I. Every man holds a bow differently. Every bow has its own little, its own little behavior, its own right. little temperament. Honestly. Right now, when you're so when you said you're more into uh, like reloading rifles and stuff. Yep. So do you notice? Much like spending, typically you spend more on say an arrow. The consistency and everything like that is better. <clears throat> is it kind of along the same lines when it comes to, say, literally just the bullet itself? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because yep. I've done very, very little amounts of reloading. So I don't, you know, I would assume that's how it is. But, you know, never know. Never know. We were just shooting his, <clears throat> we were just shooting his gun the other day. You know how to shoot a gun? A little bit. 
I'm Indian, dude. I stick with bows and arrows. But I know you do. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> so we shot what he thought was shooting optimal for his setup. And then he goes, let's try out these different bullets. Same, same grain of, same grain of same powder. Grain, yep. Same, same shell company, just a different bullet, just a different head. And what he thought was optimal. Then we shot what he set up as a, just to check out, ended up being a way, how would you say, way more accurate round. Way more accurate. Way more accurate yep. round. That's so, that's it, so crazy. Cause it's just, that's, that comes down to, for me, I can equate, I feel like we could equate that to arrow shafts. Absolutely. Cause I mean, you really think about it, right? You're like, it's a piece of carbon, put fletchings on one and you put an arrow, a, bra a point on the other end and you shoot it at the target. If you got a bullet hole, it's flying. You, that's, that's like kind of what you would think, but man, it's nuts. Shit happens as it starts going down range. Oh man. I tell you, like that's, that's literally what I look for. Sometimes I'll mess with, uh, front and center weight you know right. I'll, I'll add a, i'll put a 50 grain insert i'll put a stock grain insert which is like 12.3 grains and i'll put a 50 grain insert see how what i can get away with with my setup so what i'm talking about when i'm paper tuning i'll push through the shot really hard i'll push through the shot firmly and then i'll give myself a soft shot and paper tuning shows you everything shows you every flaw I've actually adapted a new day for me shooting. I don't always shoot target. I don't always shoot at the target. Now I have a day where I'm just shooting through paper. I shoot through paper to find my inconsistencies, to make sure that I'm shooting the same shot every single time. It sounds a little over the edge, but it's keeping me more in tune with my, with my setup. And getting back to the arrows, I'll find a setup that is a little forgiving on the push and the pull and most a lot of people go oh man that's too far or, oh man i don't believe that try it all right. you have to do is try it you know if right. you don't agree with it or if you give it doubt give it a whirl right you know don't be afraid to experiment ever right and one thing that i did this year that's a little bit different is i just started shooting with an actual back tension resistance release a resistance release or a back tension release resistance okay resistance but i mean it's I don't, I don't know that I really consider a hinge release back tension. You can manipulate a hinge is the problem. Yeah, that's what I mean. Mine is like literally I set it for two pounds over what my, and I have to pull through that. Right. The same every time. And I, I just got it because I was like, you know what? I want to try something different. I'm, I'm not doing well with this thumb button. So let's try something different. And I shot a lot better with it i really did it was kind of it's kind of a breath of fresh air it's a little different in hunting situations um there was a few times when i got a little overexcited and he'd be like a little hard on that back wall and let off the brake and i was like oh son of a bitch there right, it goes. Right, right, right. you know um but once after that happened once or twice it it helped because in my opinion you know it helped me because mentally i'm like Okay, am I where I actually need to be or am I really rate yanking on this thing? You know? And I just kind of settle down a little bit more. Like, don't go off, don't go off. You know? Yeah, yeah, that, that's a good point you're bringing up, honestly. <clears throat> Not changing the subject, keeping on the same subject, but in a different, in a different relation to it. Right. It's important to let the release shoot the bow. 
A lot of people don't understand that. What do you mean let the release shoot the ball? I have to make the release go off. Yes, you do. But if you manipulate it to the point where you can force a release to go off, you're probably needing to go a different route, like a hinge. You see people dumping a hinge. Right. And you're literally going against the whole point of the hinge. The hinge is there to help you focus on the on the target. Let your back, let your let your let your body, your body, your subconscious already knows how to make that release go off. Right. Let your subconscious go. Let your subcon your, your subconscious can handle ten thousand things at one time. You can only fully focus on one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. Let can trust your subconscious. It's the hardest thing for people to do is to trust, and people just don't get it, man. Like that's I mean I'm not not being a butthole or anything, but I'm just being honest. People don't get it. Stop trying to control everything. It's it's in our human nature to want to control yeah. every situation we're a part of. I want to be the driver. I want to be the first person over that hill. I want to, you know, date that girl before he does. Whatever it is. I want to hold that pin right perfectly in the middle of that right. target. <laughs> Guess what? You have a pulse. Yeah. That pulse is, if you fight that pulse enough, you're never going to hold that pin in the middle of the target. Right. That, that pulse is helping you to float. That pulse is helping you to float in a positive manner. Keep Use that float as cloud nine, lifting, lifting the stress off of you. Let the pin float. That's good that it's floating. It's when it stops under the dot is when you know you're, you're going in the wrong route. With that hinge, getting back to the hinge, everybody is like, well, you can manipulate it so much. I can manipulate a resistance activated release just as much or more. Right. If I need to jerk it really hard uh -huh. and it'll go. And there's a lot of people that think that, well, that didn't help me, but this is better. Learn the release. Right. That's, that's the biggest thing. Learn that release. Don't be afraid to give it a month. Don't be afraid to open your groups up a little bit so that you're learning properly. But that's not fast enough, Yasti. We don't we have go. a money. We, we want it right now. We want it right now. I want it yesterday. Yeah, we want it right now. Perfection takes time. I tell people that all the time. Perfection takes time. Don't. Does he tell you that? He does. Yeah. When he see what what kind of release do you shoot with? That uh, I need to switch to a a hinge. A hinge. Um, I, I'm shooting uh what is it, Yasti? Index um, finger? No, he's shooting a uh, thumb. thumb release. Okay. Same one you're just talking about. Gotcha. I'm, I'm not having super great luck with it. It's shooting a synapse. Synapse. Yeah. I had a, a car fire synapse. And uh, I just I I could I never held it the same way every shot. I just for whatever reason, I mean, I was literally shooting over three hundred arrows a day trying to figure this flipping release out, man. Yeah. I, and I just was like that feels different. Shoot. Okay. Look at it. I'm like. And this is going <laughs> to sound weird. How you get through that. This is a good tip. I'm happy you brought it up. It's a good tip. Take some electrical tape and wrap it in the places that you don't want the release touching. Mm. And your fingers will eventually, your mind only takes a few times to learn something really good. Your fingers will actually start learning to only touch that spot on the release. Huh. If you keep that other, every other part of your fingers taped up for just for the learning part. Yeah. Yeah. It'll teach you to see, be in that same spot every single time. That's cool. Another thing that I heard from Tim Gillingham was, um, 
Hammer like, down. Yeah, hammer down. Just, 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 just touch it, it off. Just touch it off. No, um, on the on the front side of the bow, you know, on the front side of the handle, is to put one of those those little plastic plastic dots that you put like on the bottom of furniture so that they don't scrape your floor or whatever. Yeah, a little felt pad. Yeah, felt pad, something like that. And he's like, if you put that there, you know, and if you have however your hand grip is that you feel is correct. Yeah. You know, and you get that, you get that set there that you know, you put that dot where it hits your finger or your hand or whatever. And then that, that can help you with consistency. Absolutely. And I did that and it was working excellent until my dot started moving around on my bow. Crazy glue fixes all. <laughs> Crazy glue and duct tape fixes all. <laughs> yeah, I, I tell you, man, like there's a whole bunch of different things that'll help you find consistency. And it's right. things that, you know, don't be afraid to try Think, Oh, just because you never heard of it doesn't mean that it's not gonna work for you. Like the, the whole electrical tape thing. Right. And nobody ever told me that. I wanted to find consistency in my hand, in my grip. I did it myself. You know, I literally wanted to find the same spot. The easiest way for me to find it was by taping my fingers up so that my fingers would only touch that spot. So right. my hand, to my body, my mind learned only that spot is right. Right, right. It worked. That's you know? cool. That's cool. Well, I would like to jump into some elk hunting. Go for it. Or deer hunting or scoring antelope. If that's what we really want to talk about. If there's about. an arrow in the air, there's hope, folks. <laughs> oh, goodness. It's so funny because, so I guess we, we kind of need to tell this little backstory because there, there's a reason that we're, that we're laughing so much about antelope hunting. It's because oh, I, live, I live in Wyoming and it's no secret, there's literally antelope everywhere. And I get antelope tags, so I have Sorry. something else to kill <laughs> with, with my bow. That's the whole reason that I get antelope tags. And Yossi gets antelope tags. <laughs> he just has to I, walk by and just make me crack up. I know. Oh, man, people are making faces at us. But then Yossi gets antelope tags because he actually cares how big they are and wants to shoot a big one. So I, I shoot this. so hard for this. I shoot this antelope and... I never scored it. I knew it was a decent antelope, but I never scored it. So I sent him a picture and he goes, well, what did it score? And I said, I have no clue. He goes, what the heck? <laughs> F-bomb here, F-bomb there. Yeah, beep, 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 beep. What do you mean you don't know what it scored? And I said, okay, I will literally score it while you were on the phone with me right now. And I scored it. We tatted it all up. It was like 84 inches. And he, stud of a goat. He's like, Absolute stud of a goat. He's Montana so, book. Yeah. It's Montana books. Easy. He's so That's mad a, at me. Oh, man. I was irate, dude. I didn't, I didn't even have nothing to do with it. I was still irate about it. <laughs> so that's why we laugh so hard about antelope. But, um, you know, Yasti, uh, he consistently shoots great bulls. And it's... And what I think is cool is, is it's not like you're hunting in the black timber type stuff. Well, you're not like, honestly, I would assume when most people think of elk hunting, that's probably what comes to mind. You know, pine trees, stuff like that. You're making me let out some secrets here if we're going to go this route right now. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I, I think I think just your pictures let all those secrets out of locate as far as location goes. Yeah, I, th I think you're right. I think you're bringing up a great topic. Everybody always thinks dark timber. Everybody thinks highest mountain that you can find is where you're going to find them. And I, 
man, this is going to make me sound like a real asshole. Um, I don't find them. So no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I love it when people walk right through the open sage. I love it when people walk right through the open coolies and everything else because I'm like, oh, man. They don't, they, know that, they don't know they that bull's there. <laughs> they don't know that bull's there. Good enough. <laughs> and they go on and they find the deepest, darkest hole that they can find and never get out. And what's even shittier is when you get in that deepest, darkest hole, you got to get them back out. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. I'm telling you. And we live, we don't live in the darkest of timber. We live in what's called the high plains. Right. We live in like broken terrain you know, you have a little bit of timber, but you're literally hunting a lot of open faces. Uh -huh. And you're hunting flats, sage flats. You're hunting greasewood. And people wonder, man, well, that, that bull's out in the open. He didn't shoot that bull with a, gu with a bow. He shot it with a gun. You, you get these questions. You get these real butthole answers all the time. And I tell them, yeah, man, I actually did. You know, I shoot a little further. Yes, I'm not going to deny that. I just jammed this arrow down yeah, the jammed, end of that I, rifle. Down the rifle hole there. Yeah, good enough. <laughs> and what it is is people are into the whole reading of the greatest stories in the world of, oh, my God, I went, I, we went 13 miles into the backcountry and we bugled this bull in and this and that. Yes, it happens. It still happens. And... I'm not taking anything away from that. That's how I started elk hunting in the backcountry of wicked timber way back, three mountains back in. And it was fun. I, and I, rem I also remember the days when you could whistle high pitch and get a reply back. Where we hunt these days, if you bugle, elk shut up. If you call, you'll, they'll call back to you and they'll literally gather the their herd. Way. And keep bugling away from you. Right. If I ever do use an elk call, it's not me that's calling. It's my buddy that's calling behind me as I'm sneaking in on the herd. He right. stays stationary. Keeping him talking. Yep. And all I'm doing is sneaking in. Another thing I'm doing is I'm, I never let anybody, I never let the elk know that I'm there. Right. I don't want the elk knowing I'm there. Well, they pinpoint so well. Till it's the, crazy. Until the arrow has gone through him. <laughs> that's the God's honest truth. I don't call. Right. I haven't, I didn't call this bull last year year before year before that or anything did you did you call on yours logan nope did you guys nope. call nope nope why let them know you're there yeah well especially in sage country it's it's even worse i mean they can pinpoint you like crazy anyways but in the sage country it's kind of a no-brainer for them you and they're like yep that's not an elk <laughs> that's right that's absolutely right and then you got you have to remember that an elk can pinpoint a sound from a hundred yards to within three feet of where that sound came from, a yard. Could you imagine? I mean, seriously. I wish I had that. I don't think you do. I think oh, you would man, honestly be so overwhelmed with your senses. I, I think you would kind of freak out. You'd probably be able to I, beat I'd be your head off. Freaking while, like, out, get the voices out of my head. <laughs> I, I, I read the best thing in the world on Facebook the other day. It was guy writes, man, all these voices in my head talking about me like I'm not even here. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, I mean, that's one of the biggest things. If we're talking about elk hunting, if I, if I can give somebody a tip, take a read with you. Learn how to run a read enough to stop that bull when you're going to shoot him. Right. The only, another time, if I know 
elk are coming up, if I got in front of them, if I'm lucky enough to have gotten in front of them, and I know they've gone up this drainage one day, I know they've gone up this drainage one day, I'll choose a drainage where I feel the wind is most advantageous for them, right. not for me, for them. That's the that's probably the wind. That's the that's the gulch that they're gonna go up because they're in defense mode no matter what. Just because a bull is hot doesn't mean the rest of his cows are hot. Right, right. That lead cow is a lead cow for a reason. She's 14, that's where they feel 15, 16 years way. old yeah. for a reason. So I'll give them the wind as much as I can and I'll do one thing. I'll call a few times way while they're way out there still just to get them into the right coolie that I'm in or into the right gulch that I'm in. That's as far as I'll never call to them again. I'll get them to come up the gulch that I need them to come up that I, that I know they'll feel most comfortable in using that wind. That's, man, I, that's killed a lot of elk for me, honestly. And then so you just kind of, at that point, you just kind of ambush, wait, like wait? I ambush and gotcha. wait. Gotcha. And if, if I know they've made it past me, and I know I still have time before the winds start changing, before we start getting bad currents and everything. If I know I have time, I will try to, as they're walking up the hill, I will angle to get with, meet, meet them at a point to where I can ambush them again. Right. And most elk are looking straight ahead. They're looking up to see here. When you come in from the side of them is a really, really good way to kill them as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think like, just like you mentioned, coming from the side, kind of, what is it? Like a 45 degree angle kind of? Oh yeah. Like a 45. Yeah. The, Cause man, you come in at a 45, a you come at a 90, 90, 90 degrees. If you can get on level plane, oh, that's the best because you're not huffing and puffing and you're actually able to catch your breath. Right. So you're not, <laughs> you're trying to hold your pin, you know, when you finally do get to full yeah. draw. Another key thing is, let that cow get by. Don't try to be right where that first cow gets. Let that cow get by. That lets the rest of the elk think everything good. is good. She's, she's made it through. Everything is good. And though the first three or four don't ever get it twisted, all elk are on point. All elk are always at attention. But that little, those three or four first elk are the most attentive. They are, they're the ones that are looking out for danger. Right. They're there in the front for a reason, and they've taken those paths for a reason because they can usually pick out anything that wasn't there the day before. Right. So if you can let those get by and still be within striking range. Austin. Oh, this is Austin. We're looking for you, Austin. Austin. There you I go. I think and you've you. lost something you might awesome. want back. Yeah. <laughs> so that, those are things that I feel that have helped me more than anything, man. Right. Knowing when to, knowing when to move. <clears throat> and sometimes you can be really aggressive moving. Right. I mean, if shit's really getting crazy, go That's ahead. it. That's what I had to get used to the most. Elk hunting with Yossi. He gets a chance to move. He takes it. All and in. And I'm sitting there. I wouldn't have moved. I mean, growing up hunting, you know, hunting elk with a rifle, I, I, I was out of my element, felt totally uncomfortable. And Yossi's like, we got to go now. And sure enough, we're on elk within a few minutes. So I that, mean, it, that's actually what I was going to say next. Like, I, I, share your story of your first elk and 
kind of some of the things that you guys did. Yeah, I gotta I gotta add you in. That's why you have a headset on. I gotta add you into the to the podcast. But just kind of, you know, like you said, that was kind of something so different for you, just being so bold in your movements and everything like that. So kind of walk us through your story. And Yossi can help. Like, you guys should tell a story together. Because sure, I sure. assume you guys well, hunted together. So we uh, all we were doing, we just set up. We were, we were waiting for the elk to come down. We knew where, where they were going in the evening. We had set up on a ridge top. We were split up. We were a few hundred yards apart from each other. This is like there was, such a good radio voice. You should do my voiceovers. <laughs> I, will, I will pay you money to do my voiceovers. Dude, so, that, that's no lie, dude. You sound like you awesome. Sound on so Thanks, guys. So Appreciate good. it. Oh, that sounded even better. Thanks, guys. And take, I have a real voice, dude, so that it. makes it worse. <laughs> Oh man, somebody, dude, somebody just drive by us. That sucks. We just, ladies and gentlemen, we just got, um, what do you call that? Crop dusted. Crop dusted. Thank you, folks. Appreciate that. (laughs) Drive by us. I was like, I'm I'm not hit. I'm not hit. (laughs) Oh man. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Getting back to the story. We were, um, we knew where the elk were going. You know, we're we're hunting based on the feed. Coming down to water in the evening. His voice is like an angel. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but for real, I'll let you talk. Okay, thanks. (laughs) Sorry, my bad. It is good, though. So we were set up on top of Razorback Ridge. Um, We were a couple hundred yards apart. Uh, Evening started to fall. Elka came down. Not where we thought they were going to come down. And we, we could hear them bugling. There's satellite bulls everywhere behind us, kind of back in the cedar, pine hills. They were coming down to feed, coming down to rut at night. So we had a very good idea where they're going to be. We just were not set up in the right drainage. Um, it was it was getting extremely, I mean, sun had went down. It's, uh, it's dusk, starting to get dark. Uh, last 10 minutes of daylight. We decided to get up, pack up. Uh, we, we were heading out, walking, wa- literally walking off the hill and spooked, I don't know how many it was, half dozen cows back up the drainage that we should have been sitting in. Um, like I said, that was on the way out. Spooked the cows out of there, ended up having a bull bugle right out of that same group of cows. He walked down, I ranged him to 80, I lucked out and got a shot off within the last five minutes of dark. It was, uh, it was beautiful. And like I said, I mean, Yosti, Yossi knew those elk were coming down that drainage. We didn't know they were that close. Gotcha. We were set up in the wrong spot. <clears throat> he made the call to move, and that's ultimately why we end up killing that elk. So it, it worked because out. Because you lucked out. And I would have sat there. Like you I said. guys, there's a reason you guys are friends, because you're both so full of shit. <laughs> you did not look out. That is so much crap. You don't make an 80-yard shot and mind you, out. Mind you, it was like perfection shot. Like, Perfect. You made a better shot than that's I've why made all I'm year. saying it wasn't a luck out. But I would assume that you probably practiced with your broadheads out that distance before doing it, right? I did. Yeah. Okay, so you it wasn't luck. Don't feed me full of crap. But anyways, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see why I like doing podcasts with him, bro. It's that, fun. The, the whole timing time. of meeting up with the elk. And the, the timing of looking out or what? Before, I'm before, super confused yeah. now. Oh, yeah, we lucked. We lucked out to get on him before dark. That's yeah. that's what we lucked out at. Now you brought up a good point. If you spook some elk that have gone by already, and you know there's more elk, that's a real. I say I don't call. 
But for the guys that do call, if you spook a bunch of cows or whatever, or a little bull, whatever the case may be, and they hear the, and you know elk are within earshot of hearing those elk spook, if you have a bugle, bugle right then and there because that lets the uh, it goes oh my god it wasn't danger right that's, a, that's another bull that stepped into the, that stepped into the game right and that bull that may be that may be coming down the drainage he's at the back of the herd for a reason because he's a herd bull right he's gonna come in and go oh my god my cows oh my god my cows and he's gonna think there's something in between me and my cows don't make <clears throat> another sound after you've made that bugle and make it the worst bugle the, the like the the scrawniest little two-year-old bugle on earth right and he's gonna that's gonna give him the confidence to go that's not a giant other herd bull that i may have to fight i'm okay here's a good here's a good, good does it start good with being lucky because if it does i don't want to <laughs> no, hear it here's, here's a good example <laughs> would you rather go hunting, to a fight is a game of mistakes. it is man it's not a lie. It's not, hunting is a game of mistakes. Yeah. And look, if once I it, make one, a mistake, the animal lives, the animal makes a mistake. And I boom. So well said. 100%. Now, here's a good question for you. There's a guy over there that's with a girl that's pretty. And there's a girl here that's pretty alone. That guy is bugling. But there's a girl here that that's free. He's like trying. You know what I mean? Like. That's the thing that people don't get. I'm, bulls don't use a big, a, a young five, six-year-old bull isn't going to want to come to an eight-year-old bull fight. That's why, that's why everybody in the world kills 300-inch bulls. That's it, man. That's the God's honest truth. You want to kill a 380 bull? You got to let him feel confident. You got to let him feel like he's still the gun. If you... What's the most important thing to kill in a 380-inch bull? Patience. Let the little bulls go. Yeah, that's going where the 380... That's true. That's Very why, true. That's why we're getting ready to go in there. And the, I'm, I'm not, not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Like we do live in the Mecca. We don't live in OKL country. We live. Logan and I just happen to live in world record country. Three of the world records have come out of our county. <laughs> Luckily, you guys. Luckily, I was just going to bring that up. Huh? No, no. Uh, the new world record typical. The previous two world record typicals all came out of our county. So we literally live in the Mecca. I'm not going to lie about that. You know what I mean? And to shoot a 300 bull, you're basically, unless it's your first bull, something like that, you know, something to be proud of. Thanks, bro. Appreciate that. <laughs> he just straight up three under the bus. Huh? Oh, like, man. You didn't just get ran over by one wheel. It was like the dually. He had a trailer on. Giant for most. For most, absolutely. For, for, for most commoners, and I don't say that lightly, I say, I say it as, as a, a badge of honor that the weekend warrior that gets to go out and hunt for five days that kills a 300 inch bull, that is their trophy. That's a stud. Yeah. The, the, like, honestly, I've been Yossi's there. showing pictures, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I just wanted them to know what you guys were talking oh, about. Oh, yeah. I, I've been. Okay. In counties and general, I've lived in general season counties. Right. I have to say this in all honesty. I wish this was a video cast because I am absolutely hands down the best looking guy sitting here. Fuck, that's so. cold blooded. <laughs> Straight up, <laughs> just so, like so cold blooded. Sucker punch. That is so cold blooded. <laughs> Why you gotta throw us under the bus like that, bro? <laughs> I got a 
a brand new shirt. Look at this thing. I know mine has got lint balls all over the sides of it. <laughs> Dog hair. <laughs> I couldn't go into the, into the auction without a collared shirt on, so I had to go find a shirt. Oh my God. <laughs> so here we go. God dang it. I tell you, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've lived, I grew up living in general season calories. Oh, no, yeah, you guys and my, my first bowl was a 270 bowl that I thought was, you know, the biggest bowl in the world. And it wasn't until I moved to where we live now, that's an undisclosed location, um, <laughs> that I realized, you know, the, these big bowls aren't quite as off limits as I thought they were. But you have to, you have to. So I've hunted with Dwayne Adams a lot, right? Okay. I guided for Dwayne for years. I, so I hunted with Dwayne Adams for years, and and he said, "Do you know how you you can't kill 200 inch deer if you want to kill 250 inch deer?" Fact of life. Fact of life. So if you if you want that giant, you cannot not go after the giant. Wait, you have, wait. You have to have this. You have to have the stones to pass up. <laughs> We're adding people to our conversation. This is great, man, because it. The more heads, the more, more thoughts, you know? Absolutely. So, will you, will you inter introduce yourself? <laughs> um, Clay is joining us. Clay is, Clay is a, a huge antelope scoring advocate. Yes. And uh, this is why I got to stop and start. I'm actually going to go to all of the scoring factions, and I think that should be a new... Um, I think you ought to do it with all of them. I think you should add to... I think sheep. so. Keep talking. Oh. Okay, can you hear me? Hear me now? Hold on one oh, second. Oh, hold on. I'm going to have to read. For Battle Mountain Media updates and videos, go to BattleMountainMedia.com or Battle Mountain Media YouTube channel. I could. Oh, there. Oh, shit. Hey, relax, Frankie. Relax. Uh, that, was, that was a little much. That was a little loud. With it. Holy hell. <laughs> this is amazing, but I'm not that amazing. Oh my <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to allow So, anyways, one. we have uh, Clay has now joined the podcast. He was he was saying some pretty good stuff. Um, Stud. But he didn't have a headset on, so I don't know if you guys could hear everything that we were talking about. So we gave him a headset, and uh, we we now have four of us yakking, and even Logan's been talking some. Right. A little bit. <laughs> so. It's a Good to meet you guys. It's been it's been amazing. I met you earlier today. It was it was, right. it was fun just like sitting here like watching the show and yeah, like just nothing BSing. going on, but it was good times. Yeah, so, so yeah. Well, now you're part of the show. Nice. Actually, Logan, will you say the show? The show. <laughs> He's got like that perfect announcing. Voice. Yes, he yeah. He's gonna do my voiceover. Oh my so God. back to the nuts and bolts of this antelope scoring. <laughs> you do have oh shit. That. Okay, so the nuts and bolts of the scoring system all together. I believe that that every animal should have a scrotal circumference <laughs> taken at the time of kill that actually goes with. Now, are we talking girth or are we talking length? No, I'll say so. I've grown up in the cattle and like, you know, livestock industry. Well, that's a huge factor for when you buy bulls and stuff like that. So that's fair. when when you when you actually <laughs> buy a, a bull to, to inseminate your herd. That's an actual measurement. Did you see? So they actually have they actually have a band. They're like measuring, right? So, so Logan, that would be your job. Okay. <laughs> so your guides are running up, right? To the because you know you're running up and boom, you put the band on. You're getting. You're like, okay, it's eight and seven eighths. Oh my god! Right, and and then 
then it goes straight to horns. But <laughs> straight to horns after that. But you got to get the first. Yeah, you got to get the first you measurement. Get the majority there. I like it. <laughs> okay, I'm so down for it. so back to the elk hunting that we were discussing. <laughs> oh, this is great. Oh man. Goodness. Yeah. So, anyways, we were talking about elk hunting, and. Uh, so I do, I do go back to that, like being all serious, that if right. you want to kill big animals, you got to go where big animals are. Absolutely. You're not just, you're not getting those random areas that are easy to draw. You got to get in there and you got to get where the big animals are. And yeah. that's that just another throw in for Jordan and the draw. And you got, Absolutely. you know, that is something that, is that he can problem. help with so much. I've never met anybody in my life that knows as much as Jordan about hunting. And it's spooky. It is. It's. He, he and I were talking about Wyoming. I lived in Wyoming my whole life, but I've always focused on general units because I, I just want to get a license, go hunting with family and whatever, you know. Right. And he was like, yeah, well, you could apply here, here, here. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> it's like, right. fair so, enough. So uh, a fact about Jordan today, having stood in this booth for the last, I don't know how many hours we've been here, 12, 15, I don't know, all day. <clears throat> People came up after his seminar and they said, is he legit? And then you're like, absolutely. Because he goes, it's 5,237 cents for whatever, you know, whatever it was. It was to the cent that Jordan knew exactly what he was talking about. And people are like, everybody else says it's $5,000. Man, I can't even spell $5,000. Right? But go ahead. <laughs> but, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like Jordan, Jordan just doesn't just like know his business. He knows the business inside and out like I've never seen in my life. Yeah. And right. I've been around Jordan now for about five or six years. We we all kind of grew up in the Dwayne Adams hunting circle. Right. We, we've killed giants in the Kaibab for years. And that's that's where we that's a lot of us like we were guides until we met Dwayne and then we became guides. Yeah, right. Right. I so right. Dwayne, you, you can't hunt for Dwayne unless you own a pair of 15 swords. Swirls, right? Right. No, no, no. You can't guide for Dwayne unless you, unless you own 15 swirls and they're on a tripod. Right. So right right off the bat, you're three grand in the hole to hunt with Dwayne. <laughs> right? And Dwayne is legit. Yeah. So I, I, I tell you, the topic you brought up, I'm happy that you came in because it, it's it's the biggest factor. <laughs> Which topic are we talking animals. about? Yeah. Uh, uh, seriously, <laughs> go, you got to go where big animals are. Absolutely. You can't, you can't, then I'm happy that we're here because you, this is your focus. This is what you master in right here. Oh yeah. So this is great to have you on when we're talking about even elk, this elk topic. This is exactly it. You, I, I had an example, but you brought it, you brought it to flu, flourishing Fruition. fruition. You're fruition. good though. Yeah, fruition better. We'll call it flourishing. <laughs> fruition. That's perfect. Fruition. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm a wagon burner. I I, I didn't. And I've been drinking all day. Um, so I mean, yeah, we're good. <laughs> Son of a bitch, he dropped it. He on dropped it. Show. He dropped the WB bomb. Uh, uh, <laughs> but so, it's okay because he he is truly Native American. So so at least yeah. What tribe? I'm Sioux. Sioux. Well, Sioux. Yeah. My kids are half uh, Mescalero. Oh, right on, man. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. You get to hunt the mescalero. I don't. Should no. we just become best friends? We do, right? Hey, we'll do karate in the garage. Oh, that, that's another. That's We're going to build a bunk bed and have activity time. <laughs> that's it, man. Okay, back to the elk, guys. Okay, so <laughs> I, I made it. I Didn't made an example of where I used Logan? to live. Oh, yeah. right? And I used to live where a 350 bull was mm -hmm. unheard of. And if you oh. saw one, it was amazing. And if you got drawn on one, you were oh, a dumb man. And now 
God, this is going to sound bad. Now, I live in an area where you don't shoot 350 bolts. And it's all about where you are, where you put yourself. And that, oh, no, that's the for biggest sure. fact. You said, you're ne you're ne okay, Randy Ulmer said it. Randy Ulmer's the, the man. Randy Ulmer said, you're never going to kill a giant if you keep killing the big ones. Right, no, you, yeah. Big doesn't get, that's exactly what I said about Dwayne. Right. We have exactly. got, we would have guys come to those camps and they're like, I want that giant gagger. And gagger is a word that Dwayne uses all the time, right? And, and so you'd get out there and those guys are like, I want to kill that buck. So you glass up a 210 typical on opening morning and you're like, but you said you want a giant. And that's that, a great that's, buck. That but... is a great buck. There, there is a reason that Doyle Moss at the end of this hallway has the most impressive bunch of animals I've ever seen because they don't kill normal, you know, there's a lot of units you can kill 200 inch bucks in, but you can't kill giants everywhere. Right. But, so, I, but I think too, what plays into that is when somebody comes to whoever and says, I want to shoot a giant deer. What is a giant deer to them? Now, that's a great now, point. Cause they can, that's they, a great point. Cause they can look and they can go, Oh my God, I want the 220 inch deer, but they don't, really know what a 220 inch deer looks like they see 180 inch deer no, that, that's two that's over 200 i gotta shoot i gotta shoot i'll, I'll, I'll give know. i'll give you i'll give you the example that you're probably looking for is i've guided elk hunters for about 20 years okay every single elk hunter that comes into camp in new mexico wants a 350 inch bull right okay you're like and i'm i'm stone cold if you absolutely want that you will not kill anything you will eat tag soup but you won't kill a buck or you won't kill a bull and so, but there's that moment you're in that meadow and it's perfect. And there's a bull screaming and you're calling and you've got a, your cow calling. And here comes this bull out. And he's like 310, right? 300, 280. And it's the biggest thing they've ever seen in their life. And he's like, douche, douche. You know what I'm saying? He's yep. walking and he's moving his head through the bushes. And instantly their focus changes from, oh, 350, what? <laughs> Right? Dude, I'm killing that dude. I've been, I've been, guiding, right? I've been guiding forever. And yeah. that's every every single one. That was a first time elk yep. hunter. I want 300 no matter what. They see a 270 bull. Boom. Dead. Done. <laughs> Before you can even say, no, no, no. Poof. It's done deal. And dude, you're bringing up like the best examples. Dude. Exactly. It's like, oh I mean, my God. But, but the thing is, is what they see is they, they listen to the, the general media of hunting. And they don't see that that the normal place in the world, a 300 is a giant. It is. It right. is a giant. I mean, that's a bunch of horn. That's a lot of horn, you know? Now, you that's got... so true. I tell you, another thing is, this is... this. I hope this doesn't come off really rough. But oh, it's, it's something that I think... Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm just telling you. But it's something like that people need to hear. And this it's is... It's going to come off rough because he's lucky. If you can't tell the difference between a 160 buck... And a 200-inch deer, don't be worried about the score so much. Right. You, you right. Know, you have, that's the God's honest truth. Everybody gets into this, I want 200. And they see a 160 buck and go, oh, my God, that's 200. When it's like you're 40 inches off, bro. That Your focus is – there's people that have, that have hunted long enough to know what they're looking for. Right. Right. 
And there's people that, you know, would be super happy with that 160 buck because they thought it was too. If you let them think, oh man, a 200, you don't ever tell them, they would never know. It takes time to be out. It takes time of being out there, learning to judge. And I'm not saying it's all about the horn. It's about the hunt as well. But it takes time. It took me years to be able to judge within a few right. inches of an animal. Well, and, and there's and I so think much I've that this weekend. Several yeah. times. Several times. You know, there's a guy over here. I'm not going to say the exact number. This was hilarious. My brother, his name is Jeremy Kidd. He's one of the most, God, everybody here in Utah knows this man. He's probably the most famous guide in Utah other than Doyle Moss and them. This guy has guided more 380, 400-inch elk than anybody I know. He's got, he's got all the sheep records for the state. He guided every single really? of the top 10 Impressive. sheep records of the state. Literally, look him up. You'll see his face for a bighorn sheep. Okay, so what I was getting at with, I forgot what I was getting at with. Where was I going here? It was that Arizona bull judging. Oh, judging. judging, 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 judging here we go. Getting back to it. My, my that was brother, a rabbit hole. My brother judges. Solid. I mean, Logan. I, I judge good. Hold on. Let's head, get everybody's attention here. Austin C. Adams. Austin, well, we're calling you again. Austin again. again. I don't know what. Unless he lost his penis, they do not need. That's the. That's only. That's That's only the third thing I've heard called oh, over that today. God, that was great. And they've called this guy twice. So unless he lost something, like maybe a wallet with well, a well, million they, dollars they, in they it. Must know that would have been my first guess. Yeah. I would say wallet, but maybe it's got like social security card or something in it. Because it's kind of crazy that they're no way they know literally his entire full hey, name. I left my passport in a Motel Six. We're good. If oh, this good. Guy, yeah, we're, we're solid. Golden. Yeah, I got an awesome video you guys should watch about my hotel room. But <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So scoring Arizona elk. We're, we're getting back to go. this, right? We got. Sorry. And I'm Squirrel. I'm not going to say the number because it'll give it'll give it a dead giveaway mm -hmm. to the person that gave this number. They gave an astronomical number on this bull. And I walk up and I go, man, that's a good bull. That bull, that bull's right there, 390, 400. And I started doing the numbers and I went, that bull's going to go about 392. Mm -hmm. I walk up to the guy. I goes, man, how much does, how much that bull score? He goes, how much do you think? I got, from what I got, 392. Right. He goes, oh, you're way off. Way up. And I'm going, really? I'm going, where did I miss this? And all of a sudden he said this astronomical number. And I went, I smiled at Logan. And I said, Logan, when Jeremy gets here, you'll have, I'm, I hate to say it like this, but you'll have two guys that have done nothing but judge elk their entire lives. Right. Jeremy, I won't tell him the number that I got. I want Jeremy to walk up there. Jeremy will tell you a number. Let's see if we're close. Jeremy gets here. And I said, Jeremy, go judge that bull. All right. Jer my brother's a hill jack like, right. like no yeah. other. All right, then. Walks up, comes back. That you, bull goes. You can tell by my body, I am too. Oh man, I love it. Killing it for years. I love it. Yeah. My my brother comes right back and goes. That bull go about three ninety. Right. Yeah. I look at Logan. I said, Logan, what number did I say? Three ninety two. And the guy goes, No, no, no. I mean, he was saying it was more than thirty inches bigger. Really? More than thirty inches bigger. A six so point. That's a, that's a little much. Really. Um, it was hilarious. And then I show, and then I go, Logan, we're going to walk over here and I'm going to show you 
a bull that I know will go over 420 mm -hmm. before we ever walked over there. And I said, that bull right there is over 420 as a six point. As a six point. And that, that's a rarity, though. That's a I mean, rarity. That, you're talking like You're talking about like the 1%. Yes. The yeah. 1%. I walk over there and go, that bull right there. I barely looked at him. I said, that bull is over 420 as a typical mm -hmm. six point. That bull. 426. 426. So big. And I said, look at this bull. Let's go look at this bull again. Not even remotely close. And what I'm getting at is... Do you ever wreck people's lives and just pull your tape out? Oh, dude, I should. <laughs> we picked, it, we picked those you, tapes up and I tried talking him into it. Uh, we like, no, he wouldn't do it, huh? No, he wouldn't. Uh, we, went, we, know, we went over <laughs> to Hartenfuel. Put your mouth, this asshole. Hartenfuel's giving away those tapes right now. Right? And I was like, man, how bad... How much would this guy want to fight me? We should do it after off podcast. I literally <laughs> blew him up. We, we, got a, we got a couple guys hanging G1? out with the draw that would absolutely just whoop G a dude's ass. So we can go over there. <laughs> we got this. G3. I'm telling yeah, I mean, the bull was, I would never let that bull down. No, no. But for to, but you to, have to, to know what you're doing form too. a person. Yes. Is bullshit. Is horrible. Yeah, and I, and I, I want, I, that's something I wanted to get out to the public. So you're, you're a guide, right? I am. I used you're to a be. guide? No. No, no? Are no. you? No, no, I film hunts, okay. so I'm part okay. of it. Okay, so you're, you're <laughs> part of it. But so my thing is, is I always try to underjudge. Always. Always. No matter what. Like, even I'd if I be know it's a giant, low. if you know it's a giant, you're still like, okay, I'm, I'm okay, you, you know, kill him and we'll figure it out. Right, I'd rather be right? 10 inches low and, Absolutely. and let it be, oh my God, it's 10 inches bigger. Absolutely. Then go, oh my God, he's 15 inches above that. And then you go, so way lower. So well, being completely honest, have you killed, you, you hunted everything pretty much, right? I have 23 of the 29. Oh, awesome. That's with a bow. Good. Wow. Um, but what do you think is the hardest to judge? <laughs> Antelope. Here we go. Right? 100%, right? Antelope and mountain goat are the two hardest animals oh, to judge. Oh, mountain goat too. Yeah, no. Antelope and mountain Tough. goat are the two hardest to judge. Because if, if they got a little fluff on top, you can't see the whole Can't board. see everything. Yeah. You, you learn things. And, and you're just, you're only looking at this much anyway. That's right. You're looking so, at it, the things to look for yeah. are things what, that make a guide better. Right. You know what I mean? Guide goes, if a guide has been out there, he knows what he's looking for. He knows measurements in between eyes and nose. Yeah. Circumferences of ears, everything else. I was going to say, we use like almost 100% I use the ear. On of an course, antelope. man. On the ear, That's on an antelope. Everything. I mean, you're, you're, what are you like? Aren't you like six inches? Six right? inches. Six dude. inches of the Six ear. inches, magic number. You see magic double that and, curl? and And so you look, you're like, do, 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 do. But right. done. You but see, he's not really that big. You see two of those, right? You see two six-inch ears? Yeah. And you see curl above that? Yeah. You are, you are, you're looking at a <laughs> and great And I always goat. look, I always look for problems. And looking to see if something's hanging out so he can measure that too. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking right. at Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, scroll, scroll, scroll the scroll circumference is going to come into play. I'm That's telling you right now. Points, <laughs> points are going away, scrotal's coming in, and everything's going to change. All right. You know, so. um, but on a serious note, back to the elk. Yeah. I filmed a hunt this year, and I'm not going to tell what the elk scored because when. When is this we, like some Navy Steel stuff? It's when, undercover. When Jordan, you can't talk no, about it. No, when Jordan measured it, guys are like blurry faced and stuff in the picture. <laughs> yeah. like. When Jordan measured it, the guy, you know Willie. Yeah. He he didn't want it to become uh, about inches. Okay. And it was, it was an elk. Uh, honestly, I wasn't so sure that I would ever be part of an elk that big. Like it's big. Right. Yeah. But this elk comes walking up, and when you see the video, I can show you guys the video. This elk walks up, and his body was so gigantic that i all day was thinking 360 oh wow i am not kidding you no. but jordan yeah he looked at me and he said 
I bet you he's 370. And if he tells you any different, he's fucking lying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's really? fucking lying. He's Jordan, bro. you're a liar. Jordan's <laughs> but, a liar. But, Jordan, liar. But seriously, and even Willie and the other guy, we were all thinking, and the elk's body, he was legitimately like an 1,100-pound elk. Right? No, yeah. That, and, and it and, throws everything off. And two days later, we shoot another bull that was like 340, still an excellent bull. Mm-hmm. And it was a third of an elk smaller. The body was. Yeah, wow. I've done and when that. you get them, hang them next to each other in the cooler, and and one one's, one's one's dragging the ground and one's not touching the ground, and they're both been killed in the same place, same everything, and yeah. And what was so interesting is we saw four elk and killed two of them. That's good hunting. That's great hunting. It was insane. It That's great hunting. But but nobody nobody had any idea what that elk was going to go. And then Jordan started measuring comes out, comes out. Uh, I'll tell you later. He comes out just because the hunter asked me not, not to, to talk, okay. not, not to talk. About. He's a Navy SEAL. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't no. don't get shot. No, don't but, get shot, yeah. but he, uh, he Except, like, does it make anybody nervous that that gun on that stand over there has been pointed at us all day? And then people I've never noticed us, that, but thank you no, for no, pointing for it that. out now. And, and yeah. it's just, it's yeah. like dead on at this booth all day. Yeah. And, 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 and the commoners just up there, like looking through the scope. At- and you know, they're just looking right at your, like, oh, I see his eyeball. Right? <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, Sorry. so he, oh he legitimately, like the first, the first measurement that he takes, he takes main beam. And it's over 58 inches. That, there you go. Now and you're we're talking. like, we're like, now you're talking. Mm-hmm, he's going to be big. Now you're talking. It's just like, well, there's Jordan. Jordan, come here. For come here, Jordan. You're in trouble. You have now <laughs> became part of this podcast. Oh. We're going to need, we're going to need five headsets. We need another headset. We were talking about, we were talking about. You're full of shit. We were just talking about Willie's elk and how on the hoof. We, we all honestly thought he was 20 to 30 inches smaller than he was. Yeah, I, I missed him by a mile. It, dead serious. Yep. I mean, what do you do when a, when a bull's three and probably what, 300 pounds heavier on that than, than your, than your than normal bull. seven, eight-year-old bull? I mean, just a giant. And what do you do? You miss him. Oh, yeah. And, you know, also kind of the, the situation we were in. You know, we're hunting a, a low density area. We're not looking for a giant. We were hunting elk. We were ready to kill elk. And we, we bugle, we get a response. We put glass on the mountain. We finally pick him up immediately. You realize none of us are ever going to get to talk him. again. We're not hunting, you know, we're not hunting anymore. We're killing. We're ready to go, we're ready to get in there. And we put a plan together. And I mean, who's looking at antlers at that point? You're not trying to field judge. That's another You're not good trying to point. do anything. You're just killing. 100%. That's another great point. Yep. Yeah. Great point. All right. Thanks, man. That's another good I, point. I, I killed the biggest bull I ever killed with a client. Just can, bust bust out of the bushes, killed him, and it was a big Can, can, I, can I finish this? Story, this story? Absolutely yeah. not, but have a great day. Yeah, just right. shut your mouth. <laughs> I can't believe you got Jordan to talk shut that your, little. Shut your mouth when you talk little. to me. No, but, but so, and so once we walk up to this elk, right, we're looking at it. And we gave him with zero, like, hands-on, just, like, walking up looking. We're like, yeah, he's probably got 54-ish inch main beams, which is still Giant. Pre- pretty Biggest generous. Biggest bull ever killed at 55. Right. Yeah. That's still very generous. Mm-hmm. And then we start measuring them, and they're over 58. And we're like, well, there's a whole bunch of inches we weren't counting on. You know, right, but man. it was just insane. 
three, 400 pounds heavier than an average elk. And that, that was hard to judge, you know, oh, man, <laughs> bromance right there. Did you see that guys? That was yeah, bromance. That, that was awesome. Bromance. If you're so, going to like is good to do like it. Is, yeah. Like is rocking, man. Not as good as Maven, but we'll, whatever. What, what Wait, pipe uh, did uh, you yeah, smoke out of this morning? <laughs> They're not, they're not swirls, but I mean, anyway. <laughs> swirls well, I, I don't know who we're plugging in this place, but. So, <laughs> here's another good point. Like, people, here's the another. The draw, that's who the we're draw. plugging. We're the, draw. The, the draw. The draw. Every the day, draw. we're coming with the draw. <laughs> so, here's another good point. People get locked up in inches all the time. I want this. I want that. If that bull, if that buck, if that anything turns your wheel. Kill it. Kill it. Can I, can I say something? So we, we guide and we hunt a lot of oryx. Oh, right. Man. Right. In New Mexico. And everybody shows up wanting 38, you know, 36, 38 inches. And I'm like, how big's the one on your wall now? Um, like, they're like, um, I haven't killed one. I'm so, like, okay, so. Well, good. But you, you, but you want, to. But, but you want, the but world you want a 400 inch bull hanging on your wall that day. Now, now, obviously like the records like 42 or something but i mean when you're out there on white sands or you're out there on those off-range hunts and you see a 36 or 38 if you don't kill it there's something wrong with you there's something wrong with you yeah right you know my once in a lifetime is like 36 and a half right i mean that's Done. that's just what it was it was it was yeah. like doom bam that's well it. and i agree I, I i think at the end of the day if it gets your crank going you kill it like my son and i like he's he was two years old and he was sitting on my shoulders when I nice. shot an elk. That's right. Awesome. That's insane. I mean, he walked for a that mile. He, wake, he walked for a mile and a half in 14 inches of snow as a two year old. Jesus. And he finally got tired. He was only 17 inches tall. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Poor kid. He kept tripping. He couldn't see the logs. He just kept. But anyways, so fat rewind, you know, just 2019. We're still hunting. He's literally in my back pocket. I see an elk start standing because like where you are, if you call whatever, they all just, they just grab their cows and they leave. And this elk starts standing up in front of us at seven, eight yards. I was excited. I got my boy with me. If it would have been a calf, it would have been a spike, a cow. It was going it down. It didn't matter. Yep. I was going to, because I was excited. I have a kid. He was jacked. <laughs> he didn't even see it. So I shoot this elk and he, I turn around his eyes just big around. He goes, dad, I, I didn't even see it. I, I thought you were drawn back to practice on a tree. <laughs> like, so, you, so you practice on a tree. That's I awesome. Guess. You're just throwing like, those $30 I, arrows. Yeah, yeah, I was like, thanks. There you go. <laughs> but then, Expensive you know, then we go down right. there. We see this elk. I go to go to mark something on the GPS. And unbeknownst to me, he picks up the camera at seven years old. Oh, nice. And he starts filming. He, oh, he, man. He gets the elk in frame down Right. And he goes. He goes, I don't know if you guys can see that elk down there, but that's my dad's giant elk he just <laughs> shot with his bow. And then he pans over and he scans all the way down this bloody arrow. He's like, it went all the way through him. And then he's just that's, like, yeah, how, was so how could cool. you? How oh, you can't. Yeah, exactly. That's, so it that's didn't, such you know, a heartwarming so that was, story. So right but what you just said, like, if, if I would have been worried about inches, that would have never happened. Yeah, yeah. You know? You can miss the moments of your life. <sighs> the best story of your life mm -hmm. by but if it's an antelope so we're worried about inches antelope we're worried about <laughs> inches but honestly but you know what that's honestly god i'm not those are the hunters that absolutely care for some absolutely. reason if you miss if you miss an elk or a deer by a little bit i mean you you're off an inch 
on antelope and these big antelope pants. <laughs> it's like they, they, you just I mean, ended a life. I mean, but that's why. I mean, honestly, like honestly, I mean, you'll spend all day. And you're like, God, I don't know. I'm putting like seventy eight together, right? And and they're like eighties the hard line. I've never nobody else makes that hard line but antelope hunters. Right. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and I've never I've never seen anything like it. Like. Like, oh, that's a beautiful, you know, perfect heart shape. Nice heart shape. Giant good mass, prongs, nice prongs. Great, and you still only get him at like 78. And they're like, no, 80. I had a hunter like that. I had. Um, Kills I, me. I won't, I won't go into detail about him because it'll give him away. This God, man you is, hunt with a lot of Navy SEALs. Yeah, this, this dude is uh, <laughs> this dude is like, he's the, the wealthiest. <laughs> I'm telling you, right? Like, you have a lot of blurry face <laughs> pictures, don't you? How many of those have you had? Oh, man. I'm just uh, always like, this you, is man. awesome. Like, the 12. best part is. <laughs> 12. Yeah. I'm serious, dude. And we're that, going to the banquet, so enjoy. That's like, seriously. <laughs> I don't it, have man. a tag. This guy is, he is, okay, there's a difference between rich and wealthy. I'll explain what the difference between rich and wealthy. I can rich explain it to you. Is Shaquille O'Neal. If you don't know Shaquille how many O'Neal 737s rich. you own, there you go. Rich is Shaquille O'Neal. Okay. The guy that signs his check is wealthy. This man that I was hunting with was wealthy. So he draw he buys this tag. I want him he buys this coveted tag mm-hmm. for 180 something thousand dollars, right? Are we Antelope hunting? No, we're elk hunting. Now. Okay, God. I was like, what a dumb I, think, I think right now, like the record's like ninety something. Isn't oh, it yeah. for an antelope tag, yeah, you like ninety one or something yeah. like that for an antelope. Right yeah. for an antelope. Wow. Yeah. So we get on this I hunt. When I spent, I'm not 100 percent sure hunt. that wasn't today. No offense, y'all, too bad. So we get. I my buddy calls me up, says, "You want to guide this guy?" I said, "No, I'm hunting myself." He goes, "Well, he's. I'll pay you big. He's paying me big. I'll pay you big. Mm-hmm. Five digit figure. He's asking me to come over to guide this guy." I'll be right there <laughs> right now. Did you say I'll, five figures? Five figures just, to guide this one guy. I, I'll be right there. Do you know how many so, wagons we can buy? Uh, we I'm bought a lot, of, a lot more arrows. Right. More wagons. But have you seen that commercial? It is totally sidetracked. But the, the lady's on the carriage and she's like, how much did you pay for your carriage? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what that reminded me of. So getting, getting to people that appreciate animals. This is exactly the opposite mm-hmm. of a man that appreciated anything. He had bought everything in his life. He, he had money that came to him and made more out of it. Whatever. We get up. And he, the reason why this tag was so much is because a potential world record non-typical was in there. Oh, wow. Okay. And he ended up going top 10 <laughs> in the we world. still on antelope. He ended up going top not. 10 <laughs> in the world. This guy goes. Just um, so I thought we were on antelope. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just so you know, we, ladies and we, gentlemen, we, we're on elk. We went. <laughs> went from Just so you know, we went. We went elk. straight from scrotal circumferences to to elk again. <laughs> to I don't elk know. again. Yes. So <laughs> which this, will probably raise their score on elk. Well, like we're going. We're gonna. So. We're, are we not adding the scrotal circumference to an elk? No, we are. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're good. Yeah. That 100%. means things are going up. Um, <laughs> So, oh my God, that sounded horrible too. Um, <laughs> going up, <laughs> going up, boys. So, this guy, we get this up. This is so fucked. <laughs> Please don't edit this. This like, unit, just, I, just shoot it out there. This oh, unit only has I one will. tag. No? He buys the entire unit, of course, with the, okay. with, the yeah. with this tag, right? <laughs> we get in, and I, I blow up on a. I get excited because I see a three ninety five bull. <laughs> oh yeah yes yes i just i was just informed about something that was very important but i'll talk to you about it in a second um so i get excited on this we, we i've never been around elk this big and there's so many of, of this caliber of bull so 
we get up on like a 390, 395 bull. And I'm going, oh my God, there's Smoking. a giant. There's a giant bull right there. He goes, is it the bull I'm here for? Never picked up his binoculars. No, they don't care. They want you to tell them. Never picked up his binoculars. I was like, no, but it's a giant. This is a giant. He goes, I don't care. I don't, not, not here for that bull. I don't even know why he's there. Literally, never picked his binoculars up. So, you should we, look into the statistic, and I think this would be something that would be awesome to actually see is how many gov tags actually go in the trash. Wow, I never thought about that. That's horrible to even think about right there. Oh. Is it horrible or is it conservation? Like, that's really, conservation. That's where, good. Where you know what I'm right? Like, right. Is, is it a guy Dude, that can afford a, it? If I got and, a governor's and, tag, I'm, I'm but, quitting but, my job. But I'm here's going the thing. hunting. But here's the thing. So if you're, you better keep okay, the so job to you, pay for the governor's you know, tag. You know what we're talking about, right? So there's the guys, guys <laughs> out there that are like, okay, 420 typical six by six. Don't call me if it's not. Right. Right. I, I mean, that, that's just who they are. Yeah. This guy, so this, if they don't, it's know. even rougher when you're filming that guy. Oh yeah. Oh, oh wait, no, let, no, me, no. let me help you out with this. Oh, I've been there. Let oh, me help you out oh, with this. This is rough. this is for yeah. everybody that's going it's on terrible. a guided hunt. I hope you, I hope you get to hear this and just I'm not feel not make you feel bad for any guides, but this is the worst of it all. I get this guy, this bull, but you got to remember these are almost like pets. Mm -hmm. They don't get hunted, so. We got away with a lot more Logan, than I would have ever thought we got away for, with. No, was not a pet. I was being honest. You know, we got away with things that we shouldn't have been able to get away with. Guy shoots the bull, right? The day after we get to camp, he shoots this bull. He's already, mm -hmm. I cape his bull out, everything else, on his, getting ready to leave. This is the guy that spent all the money. Spent all the money. Okay, okay, okay. Spent $30,000 for the hunt, $180,000 for the tag, right? 210 in so far. And goes to leave, says, man, thanks for such a great job, and hands me 200 bucks. I literally never even let his hand go. Said, no, you need it more than I do, man. Obviously. Yeah. And he was like, are you insulting me? Blah, blah, blah. blah. Do you know who yes. I am? I said, yeah, absolutely. You I insulted am. me, dude, honestly. <laughs> and I, I, because I have such great friends, I was so happy. My buddy stepped right in. The outfitter stepped right in and said, man, you don't do that. Matter of fact, don't worry about coming hunting with me anymore. He was about to go complain wow. to my, my outfitter. And the outfitter was like, don't worry about it, Yasti. I got your back all the way. Right. I mean, right. how do you go on a $210,000 hunt yeah. and hand a guy 200 bucks? On the 10% on the rule. Dude, 10%. I, got, I mean, that's, that's, that's the norm. I mean, everybody knows the 10% rule. Yeah. Honestly, I don't. I, I, I got filmed. No, that was a 10%. It, I didn't. No, I got that was 0.1%. I was going to say, I think you got 0.1%. Yeah, so yeah, I was doing quick math, that was 0.1%. Yeah, 0.1% of the hunt. I literally shook the guy's hand. So this is just to everybody that, that is going on a hunt. Understand that. Outfitted if, hunt. Outfitted hunt. Right, if you're going right. on an outfitted hunt, appreciate your guides. Appreciate the work that they put in to get you on that that five that days animal. you're there is the pinnacle of that part you dang right it's the it's the months and months of of looking through binoculars and going out All the time roads beforehead. and breaking yeah. your truck and flat tires and <laughs> camping in your family's at home your wife hating you yes everything you else know, because everything. you left her home with the kids so you know, much yeah I, 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 I you know what i, I I'm, I'm going where you're at a little bit but oh, i you know honestly like Don't i think there's a so many kids right shut up <laughs> he's yeah. he's making fun because i got six kids oh jason does too you want a kid browning i got four. Oh, you want one more no <laughs> 
I made my own grandkids. Are you kidding me? Like I, I got an eight to twelve year old, and I'm gonna retire in five years. Oh my god! Yeah, that's where I am. Just about. Oof, no, you're not. I've got, <laughs> I've got, I've got from ranging from one to, to twenty. Oh, oh, high five! You killed me. High five! Right? I got there we go. I See? got twenty-one. I, I got twenty-one to eight. Twenty-one to eight. How old are you though? Forty. I'm forty-eight. Forty-eight. So I got a little age on you, you too. A little age, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't tell. No. I, but you got me there. You got me there. I got the silver. I got the silver fox streak going through my hair that I keep my hat on because of. So, getting back to it, let's get back to some elk here. We don't okay. know what we're on now. What are we on? We don't know. Okay. We, well, we've talked about so many random things in this podcast. Well, we're just we're cool. covering. I don't really care, honestly. That's a glorious. So here at the show, <laughs> have you guys done your like two hundred tag? Yes, absolutely. Have you guys done I'm that? Sorry, That's brother. awesome. Sorry about that. So we started. We started with two, and don't then. Leave. We added three, and then we added oh, yeah. four. We're out to four, and then Jordan stepped in. We were at five for a little while. <laughs> right? It's been a it's been a progressive podcast. Right? Oh right. man, it's it, but it's been fun. It this literally. Sorry, we're I jumped touching, in, but I couldn't no, stand man. it no more. I was like, we're touching no. topics that I'm happy we're touching that okay. you know touching on topics that you know really makes the podcast in my opinion. Well, and I I don't know like <clears throat> just like you mentioned being on a guest on my podcast is one of your favorite because it's laid back. We have fun. And that means a lot to me because I think that I allows, it. I think it, well, I think that allows it to be a little bit different than, Hey, this is what we're going to talk about and try not to get off that. Don't subject. get off script. You know, and, and I, I've listened to the podcast. I'm sure we all have where it's so far off that it doesn't apply to really anything else. And you're like, okay, but you we're know, touching on topics of the topic. It, you know, we're just, touching, we're just, exactly. so my thing, I listened to one, one time too. they started talking about the lady's effing dog. Oh. And we bought this little chihuahua, and he's just so cute. His name is Bonzo. And I was like, why am I listening to this shit? Yeah, literally. <laughs> if, I, I if, agree. You want, if you want the 80,000, 90,000 like, viewers, you have to hit the common man. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the man. common man, common woman. Yeah, man. You know, and, you, you I'm, an and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to hit real quick on the draw is that the one thing that they do do, and it's right behind you, is you the said kid, do do. Kids, I do do. <laughs> yeah. Kids apply free. Right? Oh really? Yeah, kids apply kids apply free man. through the draw. And so <laughs> you can't help I'm short enough. Do I still count? Right. Are you over eighteen? No. I think we just covered that. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's but, awesome. But, but man. The thing that's, is, I don't know of any other company that's no, doing because, that. No, because the draw wants the next generation to be there. Fantastic. You realize you realize nobody else gives two shits about the next kid coming up. They're worried about the buck they're hunting that, that year. That's right. That's a fact of life. That's true. I hate to say it like that, but it's the truth. That's, I mean, even even most states, even yeah, <laughs> sure, I'm sure you can. Yeah. Fired up. Yeah. Okay. So even <laughs> most states, <laughs> listen, right? We're drinking and smoking <laughs> at the table, like I've had twelve beers, cussing, like common man, <laughs> common. <laughs> so this sounds horrible, but like a lady walked by a little bit ago. We were all sitting here, and there's beers all over, and she goes, "Do you guys have a bar set up?" <laughs> like, like uh, personal maybe, one <laughs> maybe maybe oh man but so the, the, that's the biggest thing honestly with the draw is like yes we want to help everybody but we got to keep the kids in it that's a fact of life if you do not keep the kids in everything in america right now you're screwed. you will fail yep if fact you don't keep life. them in hunting it's over if you don't keep them in in construction it's over who's gonna build our next house right the, you know, you realize the guys building houses are 60? Oh, my God. Are you yeah. serious? Oh, yeah. No. There's Holy nobody. Geez. We have to get people out there working. 
Oh, that's my a fact, God. man. That really is. I mean, it, it was a story that you is a topic that you touched on. You brought your son with you hunting. Yeah, I do that, too. We need more of that. I, I bring my kids hunting. Right, all but the time. I do want to touch on something. Is you have to be super careful with that because as a young kid, you have to realize that they're there purely for fun, and if they don't want to go, Absolutely. do not don't take it. Do don't, not make them. Don't force them. But you them. also Absolutely. every hunt that I've gone on from now, it's getting a little better because he's getting older, but. He's been really good. You know, he just kind of just fell in line, I guess, and, and really watched and learned. Not my kids at all. But but that, <laughs> but what I'm saying is you, if you go on a hunt with a child, you need to go on that hunt with the expectation that you're not going to kill something. That's Absolutely. Because if you go on that hunt and you're like, this is happening, I'm killing, I only have four days to get this done, I'm killing something my kids come with. They're gonna hate it. Yeah, because you're really you're go. you're pushing yeah. hard. Yeah, yep. that's, that's not. The time it's to a break different. Kids. It's a you different. You can ruin any situation with a kid. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Yep. Yep. It, now, if they're not willing to get up in the morning, maybe you just don't get up at exactly. three. Exactly. You get up at six. Right. You know, get them that couple extra hours of sleep. Yeah. yeah. Fact of life. <clears throat> I, I take I start my kids out turkey hunting, and they love it. Like my kids literally come turkey hunting with me. Just because I know there's a higher percentage of having opportunity. Right. Gobblers coming in. And when you see a kid shaking around, you know that, you know, right. he's got, you, you gave him the bug. That's the same right reason bug. I take kids antelope hunting. You know? But on top of that, I don't care if I shoot antelope. antelope. Antelope hunting. Touchy subject. Touchy subject. Touchy subject. Easy. It's just a little bit of touching oh for the score. God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh man alright well I think we've probably fed people enough full of shit for the last hour and 45 minutes I can't, I can't wait till the next magazine comes out and they're like new to the industry scrotal circumferences are coming soon hey, with, with Logan's voice with Logan's yeah, voice Logan. right. let's hear it Logan <laughs> here we go please I don't have anything sorry guys <laughs> New to the industry, new scrotal circumferences. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right, but in all fairness, I appreciate you guys. Yeah, man, it was a blast. Man. I don't I appreciate know, you. I don't know how long it was because we had to restart it when we added in yours. Sorry, That's all right. no, oh, I'm sorry. This one was 40 minutes. Oh, yeah. this <laughs> one. So, are we? Are we done? Yeah, yeah, I'm just finishing it up right okay. here. But I appreciate it, guys, for hopping yeah, on the podcast. And thanks, yeah. for, thanks for having us, man. That was fun. Sorry, yeah, Bart. Thank you very much. No, Clay, that was awesome, man. Yeah. Cool, I'm glad you got that, to come out. Thank so, you. Thanks a bunch, guys. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. If you're interested in hunting videos, gear reviews, kill shot compilation, how-to videos, and more, check out the Battle Mountain Media YouTube channel. We appreciate your support and hope you enjoyed the show.